0: This is the message for Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. Small part, big impact, a handful of flour and a little olive oil. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Here and at home, wherever you might be, good morning. Week four of our series, of Small Part, Big Impact. This morning we'll be looking at a handful of flour and a little olive oil
1: so my name is still carrie jones
0: mine's alan jones
1: and we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ would you pray with us please lord thank you so much for today settle us in remove distractions so that we can laser focus on on you and your word found in scripture in first kings God, it amazes me how 1 Kings is so relevant to our lives today. Your word is a living word. Help us apply it and be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in your holy and blessed name. Everybody agreed and said.
0: Amen. Amen. So have you ever been down to your last And I mean last buck. I mean, not a last dollar on you and some other at home or in the back, but the last dollar to your name. And and, and then not only are you down to your last buck, but somebody asks you for it. (laughs) Hey, you got a dollar? (laughs) Uh, 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 What what would you do? What would you do? That's basically the situation uh, we're going to focus on today. It centers on the prophet Elijah, a widow and her son.
1: All right, so let me set the scene this morning. Scripture tells us that in the 16th chapter of 1 Kings, there's a 1 Kings and a 2 Kings. So 1 Kings, it's all about the kings of, you know, that lived during the land. Uh, There was a guy named Ahab. Say Ahab. All right, Ahab became king of Israel, and they want us to know this is true, so they've located it in history. The 38th year of Asa, king of Judah. He reigned for 22 years. Ahab, it's said in Scripture, <laughs> did more evil in the sight of God than any of the other kings that had preceded him. Any, more evil than any of them. And you need to understand, this was a time that wasn't good. There was a lot of evil Going on. They had constructed these altars that had nothing to do with the Lord. They were worshiping, you know, golden calves. They were doing all kinds of things. And so here we have King Ahab. He's more evil, and he was also married to somebody named Jezebel. And together, they were just a really wicked pair. So God needs to do something about this situation because everything has just gone completely away from God. So he calls up a guy named Elijah. Maybe you've heard of him. Elijah, I am learning all about him in my Bible study. I knew kind of about him, but now it is so interesting. I want to be like Elijah. This guy is so Gutsy and faithful. So the Lord prompts him. The Lord tells him to be my mouthpiece before this guy named King Ahab. Remember the most evil of any of them. And he is supposed to say this and he does. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. 1 Kings seventeen one b hmm.
0: So can you imagine receiving this word from the Lord and having to stand before this most evil king? In fact, he was more evil than all of them put together, I wow. think it said. But stand before this evil king to deliver God's impending judgment, to tell him what's coming. Because you know the messenger usually gets shot, right? Yeah. But... He was willing to speak God's truth to this most powerful man in the nation. And think about this. How did Elijah even get to stand before the king? Scholars are unsure how Elijah ever ended up being granted an audience with the king Ahab and why his life was spared when he did. Why didn't Ahab just take him out? Hmm. Especially considering how unwelcome this message was that he was bringing. Well, no one other than God Almighty could be responsible for arranging this unimaginable appointment. Amen? Amen. Amen.
1: So once the message was delivered, God told Elijah to get out of town.
0: Good good thinking.
1: Yeah, because his life was in jeopardy at this point, and he told him to go hide in the Kareth Ravine. Kareth Ravine, which is east of Jordan, far removed from Ahab. Kareth means cutting or separation. So Elijah was separated from that which would harm him, but he was also separated. He was alone at this point really alone. And so there he finds himself in the Careth Ravine. And a ravine is, you know, there's kind of mountain and rockiness on either side. And here he is. And God told Elijah to drink from the brook, the Careth Ravine, and that God would have ravens supply him with food. Now, that's an interesting bird to supply. That's a whole different preaching message sometime about ravens. But anyway, these ravens would be providing Elijah with food, with um, bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening.
0: So let's pick it up at 1 Kings 17, 7 through 11. This is the New International Version. Sometime later, the brook dried up. Well, that would make sense, right? Because we we're having, we were we going to have a drought, right? The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread.
1: So God speaks to Elijah, tells Elijah to go find a widow. What faith? Elijah had no idea who this woman was, just that God had instructed him to uh, find her. And there she was, of course, there she was at the town gate and she was gathering sticks she was a widow we don't know her name in fact in scripture we often don't know their names if they're women she's simply referred to as the widow of zarephath elijah didn't know her either but he did follow the lord's instruction he was obedient and he made this request of her Just a little bit of water in a jar, a piece of bread. I'm not being greedy. Just a little bit. He followed the Lord's instructions to ask.
0: Mm. 1 Kings 17, 12. uh, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour and a little olive oil in a jug. A handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. See, when, when Elijah asked her for uh, what he did, he, I mean, he was asking her for her last measure of flour and oil. This is what we were talking about at the beginning here this morning. When I asked if anybody bended down to their last buck, and if what would you do if somebody asked you for it? That's what we have here. She she was down to just enough flour and oil to make one last meal for herself and her son. (laughs) She was a widow, there was nobody else, just she and her son. And that was all there was. She she and her son were going to then starve to death. That's what she expected. Yeah, they were going to die. She was the resolve that the end was very near. She she, she didn't have any church food closet to rely on, right? She, she couldn't stop by and pick up that stuff that we hand out. There was no daily, our daily bread in the middle of town to give her a a hot meal. There was no a Sunday breakfast mission to help her out. She was a widow. And, and, and times were usually tough for widows when there was no man in the house. That, that day and time, it was a whole lot different than now. Tough if you were a widow. Apparently, this son of hers was a mere boy because Uh, he wouldn't be in a position to take care of his mother as maybe an older son could have. She had no one to turn to. There was no alternative plan. There was no plan B in her life, right? No plan B. And plan A was on the verge of running out.
1: And so we have the prophet Elijah. Remember, he was the spokesperson for God and he had the guts to ask her for her last buck or for a little bit of flour and an oil for a loaf of bread. And so he went to her and he, he asked her. He said, you know, make a loaf for yourself and your son, but first make a small loaf for me. First Kings 17 verses 13 and 14. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me, for what you have, from what you have, and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. What a promise! Elijah is giving this widow who thinks she is at her end.
0: Mm. And so Elijah here isn't just being self centered, selfish, egocentric. He's been giving a, given a word from God, a word of encouragement, a word of promise, a, a, a word of survival. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Man, that's quite a word, isn't it?
1: So when we look back at verse 9, I'm just going to read it. God says to Elijah, I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Well, let's focus on this widow a little bit. We don't really hear from her. We don't hear her say, oh, you're the guy that God said I need to have this stuff ready for That's not how we read this story at all. What we see is this widow who says, I don't have enough. (laughs) I, I am down to it. I'm here gathering sticks. This is going to be my last meal. Maybe it's hard for her to imagine that God really could deliver what God says. You know that just be obedient and I will take care of you. She had to be in a very very desperate situation, and so we have Elijah who's here like, okay, and this woman's just at the end of a rope
0: mm. but now she's been given the being given this opportunity to be faithful to not be afraid, an opportunity to trust in the Lord, an opportunity to see God in action. And if you've ever had those opportunities, or when you have those opportunities, I encourage you to take them. Because it's really cool to see God in action. You know, he tells her, use the, uh, the flour and the olive oil that she has, and the jar of, of flour will not be used up The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. In other words, until this drought is over, until we're out of this difficult time, until things are on the other side, so to speak. Kind of reminds us of our first message in this series. Remember the five loaves and two fish? The little boy hands them over and Jesus takes them and feeds a crowd of 5,000 men and plus women and children. The difference is, I mean, the boy gave all he had apparently that day, but there was more at home, I imagine. I mean, he wasn't giving in so that he could keel over. He was giving her his snack pack from that day. This woman, this is it. This is all she's got. There, there ain't no more at home. Yeah. yeah, the flour, this oil, it's all she has. Bottom of the jar, bottom of the jug. And so you're talking about huge faith here. Trusting that Elijah truly is sharing what God has said. That he is a prophet, the mouthpiece of God. Of course, on the other hand, what's she got to lose? She figures she's going to die anyway, right? I mean, it's her last meal. And after that, she's gone anyhow.
1: Picking it up at verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. I was reading this and I'm thinking, well, we heard about the woman and her son, but now they're saying woman and her family. Maybe there were more. I don't know. But for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Oh my goodness. So here we have this woman who seems to have a small part, but she has a big impact. Small part, big impact. A handful of flour, a little bit of olive oil, and there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her son. With God, all things are possible.
0: You know, we've seen God in action like this. May, maybe not quite this dramatic, but close. I, we've shared before, when I went into ministry, our pay was severely cut. I mean, severely cut, like to a quarter of what it was. And Carrie was already a student pastor, and then I joined her. And, and, and it was, um, by the world standards, it was a crazy thing to do. It was a goofy thing to do that people would think. In it fact, d-
1: our pastor told you that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time I went before the Board of Ordain ministry or for the District Committee on ministry, they said, how's your family doing? They're always, uh, are you guys okay? They were all very, very skeptical. But, but you know what? With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And we got to see God in action just as the widow did our, our kids got to see god in action just as the son of the widow did and i'm not saying it was easy <laughs> and i'm not saying there weren't some time where it was it was a real challenge and we wondered if we were doing the right thing but when we look back you know we can see that god was absolutely faithful and that we not only th- uh, survived but we actually thrived and our kids actually are the better for it. Uh, because they got to see God in action. They got to see that God delivers on God's promises. Amen.
1: 1 Kings 17, verse 17, 18. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Wow. So now she's at a different spot in her life. I cannot imagine the spot that she would be in. Some of you have been there. The amount of pain that it would be to lose a child is so out of order of things and the heartbreak would be insurmountable. And that's where this woman was. She'd already buried her husband. She was a widow, and now her son. She had to be thinking, Oh my gosh, God, why didn't you just let me die? Why did you keep me alive to even see this? What was the point of all this? Why did God let me live to experience this incredible heartbreak. Hmm.
0: 1 Kings 17, 19-21 Give me your son, Elijah, replied. And he took him from her arms and he carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. And then he cried out to the Lord. Notice that. He didn't just pray or say or speak. He cried out. Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. See, this boy was dead. He was lifeless. He was gone. And normally when that happens, we, we move on, don't we? Dead and gone, we move on. But that didn't stop Elijah. Because he knows that God is the author of all life. He can restore life. Even as somebody who isn't breathing. Even as somebody who's no longer living. He knows what his God is capable of. And so he cried out.
1: Verse 22, the Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth
0: mm. you know the world-renowned theologian Yogi Berra once said it isn't over till it's over there's a lock packed into that statement in there it isn't over till it's over and for this widow's son it wasn't over not yet it appeared to be and be always be careful of appearances, because not everything is what it appears to be. Appeared <laughs> to be, but it wasn't. I mean, he was dead, but he wasn't gone. Elijah was faithful, turning to God, and, and not just asking, crying out to God to return life to where it had once been. Not accepting that death was the end, hoping, knowing that God is the author of life and that through him, life can be brought back to where it once was. Elijah knew that he served a powerful God, a most powerful God, and you know what? So do we. This isn't just Elijah. This is us as well, the God who can overcome everything, even death.
1: I have to think about this, this just now came into my head, that Elijah was getting ready to even do more on behalf of the Lord, and he was really, really up against it. And this was a demonstration of God's provision and presence and power in Elijah's life so that Elijah could continue to be obedient and and firm and faithful in what the Lord was asking him to do. Alan said God can overcome everything, including death. Take a look over here. Take a look at the cross. Jesus was hung on the cross and he was died, and he, he died. They killed him, he was buried, but he overcame death, he resurrected. To new life. Death did not triumph. Death did not keep him down. He was resurrected, overcoming the everything that, you know, the oppression, the sin, our sin, he took on our sin. And then because of his resurrection, we can be made new every single day. We can be forgiven and free. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of God. New life in Christ. And it's a gift. A gift that I know I don't deserve. But it's a gift that God gives each one of us. And it's unmerited. We can't do anything for it except to receive it. We don't deserve it. But when we do receive it, when I say the gift, it's a relationship with the one who defeated death itself. And so it's that relationship. And what can we say in response to that? We can say thank you, but that's not enough. We need to live our lives as a thank you note. Living our lives... Um, using Christ as the example, living our lives, attempting you know, to imitate Christ and his holiness and his righteousness in a world that's really tough to do that in. But that's how we honor him. And that's how we say thank you for saving us and giving us new life. The goodness of God is just so incredible and it's upon each one of us as believers in Christ.
0: So what is it that you're up against in your life right now? What situation seems impossible, insurmountable? What is it in your life that that feels like Well, like, something's at death's door, even. Is it a report you've received uh, that says there's nothing more that can be done? Is it a child that is so far gone that you're losing hope? Is it trusting in someone or something, and that trust has been absolutely tested, uh, possibly even destroyed? Are you at a point where there's no plan B? What is it that you need to take to the Lord, God, just as Elijah did, and seek God to breathe new life into it? Take heart. Take heart. Here's what we find in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably, without measure, more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And say that last word with me, amen.
1: Well, that's another one of my favorite scriptures. I asked somebody to, like, make a plaque for my wall. So I'm going to add another one. It's
0: number 499.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Immeasurably more. Did you hear that? Not just a little bit here and a little. Immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Oh, my goodness. The widow of Zarephath took what she had and she shared it with Elijah. A handful of flour and a little bit of olive oil. She shared it, and God saw to it that the jar never was depleted. It kept, it was never used up. The oil never ran dry. The flour never ran out. And when her son stopped breathing, God used Elijah to bring him back to life. Elijah didn't do it, God did it through Elijah. God used this widow's small part to have a big impact.
0: So what is it in your life that God is asking you to give, to share, to use for the benefit of somebody else? What small part is God asking you of you so that he can use it for big impact? A handful of flour, a little olive oil. That's all God's asking. Small part. Big impact. That's the good news. Let's, uh, let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God. <laughs> wow, this is a heck of a story. Wow. The thing is, it's not just a story. It's, this is life. We're reminded, Lord, that you are the author of all life and that you have the power to bring life back even when it appears to be gone. Lord, you, you ask for a little flour, a little oil. And you'll keep feeding until the rains return. Lord, please, please help us to have just a measure of faith. Please help us to trust in you and what you say. Please help us to, uh, to step out, even when it's hard, even when it's challenging, even when those around us think we're crazy. Please let us uh, see you in action. With all things are possible, all things are possible, Lord. I um. You know, sometimes we get a little bit shaky. We get a little bit scared, and we <coughs> <coughs> we don't come through like uh, you like you call us to. And I, I just ask, Lord, that you <coughs> help us, give us that strength, give us that hope. Please help us that you have us in in mind and that through you, things are going to be okay. Not just okay, things are going to be good, very good. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, All Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people to Jesus and the new life he offers.